0: You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. It is so good to see you today. We're so glad that you are here. Thank you for whoever brought the rain. I just want to say thank you, you know. Yeah, so we've been in a drought here, and uh, I want to say thank you for that. Well, today we're continuing our series called uh, One Another, and today we're talking about connecting with with one another. Hopefully you got a piece of puzzle when you come in the doors today so that uh, you're going to need that as we talk today. Would you agree with me that we are a pretty connected society? Would you agree with that? Yeah. Okay, there's five of us. All right, the rest of you, we are. (laughs) What made me more aware of that this week than than in a while was... um, Rhonda and I was watching a news report, and there was a guy that had bought a storage unit, and uh, he found inside of that storage unit a suitcase, and it had a soldier's uniform in that suitcase. Anybody see that? Some couple of you guys saw that? And uh, it, had the, it had the soldier's name on the jacket, and he had these medals, and the guy thought, you know, I, whoever has these need them back, needs them back. And so he didn't know any, way to, any other way to, to find the owner, so he He took a picture of that, put it on Facebook, and in about three days he found the owner. Matter of fact, the guy was from Georgia here, and someone in California got the word to another person in person. Anyways, they found the owner's, the soldier's brother, and the soldier's brother contacted the soldier and he was able to get it back within about three days. Isn't that amazing? I mean, so it's like amazing. You don't know anybody. Just take a picture. Somebody knows. So it used to be say that, you know, you're about seven people from anybody in the world. I think that's about three people now, you know, because of that. But it's amazing to me how, you know, we're so connected, but yet we're so disconnected. They're like loneliness is at an all-time high. It's amazing to me how that is the case. And you would ask me, well, Pastor Jeff, why do you think that loneliness is at an all-time high? I'll tell you why. Is because God created you and me to have two connections. One was vertical with God, and the other one was horizontal with His church. And so those two connections work hand in hand, vertical and horizontal. And God wants us to have those kinds of connections in our lives. And so uh, uh, I have a quote coming up. Matter of fact, just go ahead and get your piece of puzzle out. Hold it as we say this. Maybe it'll help you remember this quote, and I'd like you to read this out loud with me. I want you to read this like you've already had five cups of coffee, all right? Okay, here we go. You ready? Come on, let's read it together. Ready? Godly connections will lead me in a godly That's right. Godly connections will lead me in a godly direction. Do you believe that? We have a saying at SEC that says this, your connections will determine your direction. I believe that with everything in me. You believe it, you know, your parents told you that, you know, hang out with wrong people, you'll do wrong. You know, you've told your kids, hang out with wrong people, you'll do wrong. It's because if we want to be godly, godly connections lead me in a godly direction. I believe that with everything in me. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 12 and 12, look what it says. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of who? Body of Christ, and we are considered the body of Christ. You know, uh, if you turned on the television and you saw an arm, okay, just an arm moving around, okay, if you just saw a a, a severed arm moving around, I think automatically you would think, okay, this is a horror movie, right? I mean, because it's only like in the Walking Dead, you know, that you see body parts or whatever, And and so. Many times I would tell you that as the body of Christ, the way that we function is this, is that we function like we're in a horror movie. Because we try to move, the Bible says we're the body of Christ, we have to be detached to other people in order to complete, be complete as to who we are, or we die without that. And so, you know, if you were to look at us, the way we separate, sever ourselves from the body of Christ, we'd look like a horror movie. And I can tell you, listen... After 21 years of being the pastor here of this church and all of our locations, I've seen this over and over. I've seen people like you who are good people. Who God is, who when they come into and become attached to the body of Christ, they get your relationship right vertically and they get it right horizontally. All of a sudden I begin to see them do better. You know, the opportunity for a better life that we talk about, SEC, begins to happen. They start getting better. Their, their family gets better. Marriages get better. They just financially start getting better. They just start getting better, get on their feet better. And then only to watch that happen for a while, and then all of a sudden something happened. Maybe a new hobby start happening, you know, where it takes them away from the family of God, or uh, extracurricular activities where their children take them away from the family of God. And then all these things begin to happen And and those things are not bad, by the way, but over, if they they take you constantly away from the body of Christ, then you get detached. It's like this. It's like pouring the medicine out. Like, you know, my dad's a bad diabetic, and he has to have insulin. And without insulin, he'll die. And it would be just like him taking that bottle of insulin and pouring it out and saying, you know, I don't need that anymore. And so I just want to encourage you today that, the, the importance of what we're talking about today, I cannot overemphasize that. And as a, as a, as a person who loves you, who wants the best for you do, you, do you know my best days are watching you get better? Do, do you know that? I mean, you, you know what lights my fire is when I hear good stuff about you. I, I can't, I mean, I'm serious. I mean, like, I, I just it just makes my day when I hear that something good's happening in your life. When this was this way, and now it's this way. And, and, and I just, I'm telling you, that's what gets my heart. And that's, what I, that's why I keep doing what I do, because I love seeing people like you get better. And so as we, as we talk about this today, I want to ask, there's a question that's asking me often, and I want to ask it today, and we're going to answer it. And that is, why is it so important to connect with God's family? That's the question. Why is it so important to connect with God's family? I want to give you three reasons today that you need to know. The first one is this. Would you write this down? I grow closer to God when I connect to His family. I grow closer to God when I connect to His family. When you write that down, I want to tell you another profound statement. I'm, I'm talking about what I'm about to share with you is so profound, it can be life-changing. All right? Everybody got that written down? I want you to hold your piece of puzzle Because this is profound. I hope that every time you see a puzzle, you think about this next statement. You ready? Let's read it together out loud. You ready like you've had five cups of coffees? Here we go. What I do for others affects what God does for me. Do you believe that? What I do for others affects what God does for me. You say, Pastor, can that be true? Is that true? Well, hey, we have the Bible just to see if it is. So look around on the scripture here. Ladies, you're going to want to really perk up here. Look what it says. It says in 1 Peter 3 and 7, You husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should. Now let's just read out loud again what's underlined. You ready? Come on. So your prayers will not be... Okay, now ladies, I know you're going to take that verse out, clip it out, and put it on the refrigerator, right? This is either way, you know what I'm saying? So the Bible, I mean, did God just not say there, did the Bible just not say, okay, if you mistreat your spouse, then your prayers are going to be hindered? So I would definitely say that what I do for others affects what God does for me. It, it affects it in a big way. And then we move right on again. Now, ladies, that is for men as well. You to treat men that way as well are going to hinder your prayers. And so now we look what Jesus says. Jesus picks us up and gets a little personal with Jesus and Luke 6 and 37, 38, Jesus says, let's read this first line together. Ready? Come on. Do not judge others and you will not be, you will not be judged. Now, our condemn others always about to say, now we got to talk about this judging that, uh, that we hear because every time that we make a stand for something's right, the first thing someone says, you can't judge me, don't judge me, right? I mean, do you get that? Like, as soon as you, as you make a stand for something that's right, morally right, you make a stand, then the world shouts, don't judge me. You're judging me. And you can't be a Christian if you judge. Well, let me just tell you something about that. You know what judging is? Judging is when you bring an issue up to tear a person down. Did you hear that? Judging someone is when you bring an issue up to tear a person down. But we are the salt of the earth. We're the lie of the world, right? And so when we, when we stand up for something that's morally right, our objective as believers, as Christ followers, is to not tear people down, but to pick them up, right? You see what I'm talking about? Here's how it works, okay. Here's how it works. I don't know if you've ever been a part of this or not, but maybe you've been around a group of people, and maybe, just maybe, like, you know, years ago, when I wasn't a Christ follower... I would be with a group of people that we wanted to do some things that weren't right. And so we'd start talking about it, but there'd be that one person that would be a part of the group who was, you know, maybe a strong Christian or something like that. And all of a sudden, they said, no, I'm not going to do that. Well, what did we do as a group? i tell you what we did. Instead of us going on and doing that and, and just saying, forget them, no, we started telling them what a, what a goody-two-shoe they were. We started calling them names. You know, you need to get with the times. We started, we started saying all kinds of stuff, and our hopes was that that person would cave in and follow us. Why? Because if they wouldn't go, we felt judged. We felt guilty, right? So if we did wrong while they didn't do wrong, we felt guilty about it. But guess what? If we could talk them into coming along with us, then we didn't feel guilty anymore. And we didn't just want to go do it. We wanted them to accept what we were doing so that we wouldn't feel guilty. You know what? The church is that one person. Did you hear that? As Christians, we're that one person that says, no, this is what's right, and I'm going to stand here. That's why the world hates Christians right now. Do you know that? That's why our culture hates Christians. Why? Because as soon as we stand up for what's morally right, they start calling us names, telling us, oh, you, you know, you're, the book you're reading is antiquated. God really didn't mean that. Come on, go with us. And guess what? They're trying their very best to get us to go with them. Why? Because they don't feel guilty anymore. But God has called the church to be the conscience of the world. By, not by what you say, but how you live. And then also, that does affect how we say things sometimes, right? So I just want to take that off your chest, because I think that's the issue in our culture today. As soon as you stand up for something that's right, oh, you're judging me. No, your sin is judging you. You just preach, Pastor Jeff. Amen. Amen, I will. Hallelujah. I'll just amen myself. Okay, now let's move on. Then let's go to the next part of this verse. See, that wasn't even part of the message. That's just called, I love you. <laughs> just telling you. Dear God, how many times have I been that one person, you know? And you have too, and it's difficult to be there. But God's called us. Look at what he says. Okay, now, look, he says, forgive others and you will be what? Okay, now let's again read out like the five cup of coffee. This one, line, this one phrase is underlined here. You ready? Come on, here we go give and you will give and you will receive jesus said that okay you give you're going to receive he says you give and you will receive what you do for others affects what god does for you your gift will return to you in full press down shake it together make room for more running over and be poured in your lap now notice this the amount you give will determine the amount you want this is God saying this. This is Jesus saying this. It's, it's not a pastor, not someone else. It's God saying this. What you give out, how much love you give is how much love you're going to get back. How much kindness you give is how much kindness you're going to get back. You know, your giving goes beyond your pocketbook, way beyond that. Oh, but watch this. See, here's what we've, here's what we've messed up at. We have been taught by society that if you give something, you're going to lose something. Come on now, haven't we? I mean, you know, well, hey, if you give, if you, let's just go back to money, since we all are familiar with that. So if you give $5, then you just lost $5. See what I'm saying? If you give, if you give kindness, then, if you give kindness, then you just lost your kindness. If you give more love, especially if you're giving more than the other person, you just lost that, right? Because you're not, getting, but the Bible, Jesus backs up, and says, "No, no, no, no. You don't live your life. We don't live our life as not to lose, right? You can any sports, any coach will tell you over any sport at all is that you cannot live. You cannot play the game to not lose, right? I mean, any gymnastic teacher, whatever, will tell you you cannot." compete at a level to where you say, well, we just don't want to lose. We just want to play to where we don't lose. No, 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 no. You cannot play that way. You have to play to win, right? You have to play sports to win. And the same is in life. You cannot live your life like I'm not going to lose. If you live not to lose, guess what? You're going to make poor decisions because you're always going to live in a protective mode. You will never take risks. You will never trust anyone because you're just not to lose anything. And then Jesus goes right back and says this When you give, you shall what? Say it again. When you give, you shall what? You shall receive. When you give, you shall receive. Not when you give something, you lose something. When you give, you shall receive. He reverses that. So, have you ever noticed this? You ever noticed that giving people are not needy people? You ever noticed that? That doesn't mean that they don't have needs. Everybody has needs. And sometimes, you know, there people that are givers have financial needs. Yes, and they have all kinds of other needs. But they're not needy people. In other words, they'll go through a season like we all do. But they don't live in that season. Amen? Giving people are not needy people. They have needs, but they're not needy. Okay, so on the back of your connection card. I know this is much better than you thought it was going to be today, isn't it? You got up, you thought, okay, school's out in Henry County, a lot of people are going to be going, it's raining. And you thought, oh, he's going to give us a half hearted. No, 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 uh uh-uh. uh. No, God had an appointment with me and you today, and I'm not going to mess this up on purpose. <laughs> Look what it says I will do my best, I will do my best to do for others in my church family, because that's where we practice love at. The body of Christ. Okay, number two. Number two is this. The question is, what is it? Why is it so important to connect with God's family? Number two, God blesses me when I show sincere love. Would you write that down? To my church family. Sincere love to my church family. Just keep your pens because I want you to notice this next verse here. Galatians 6 and 9, again, the Apostle Paul, writing, inspired by God, says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do what? Good. To who? All people. So, we as Christians, we're commanded to do good, right? We're commanded to do good. But he didn't stop there. What is that next word? What does that next word say? What, come on, what does it say? Especially. Okay, so he said do good to all people, but then he amped it up a little bit, Right? He says, especially to those who belong to who? Oh, man, that means that you and I got to ramp it up when it comes to the body of Christ. You know, we're to be be nice to the world. You know, you go through Walmart, uh, the line there, and and it's a little bit aggravating at times so they never have enough registers open, it seems like, right? Or sometimes, never mind, I don't have time for that talk. but, But anyways, it can be very frustrating to someone We're taught that we're to be kind to that person, right? So we're to be nice to them. But when it comes to the body of Christ, we're going to amp that up, even especially. Why? Because what I do for others affects what God does for me. So listen, maybe if God's not blessing you, maybe one of the questions you need to ask is, what am I doing for others? Maybe, 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 just maybe if your world is chaotic right now, maybe ask the question, what am I doing for others? Because what I do for others affects what God does for me. So, a couple years ago, we had this little uh, this, these letters that we all memorize: WWJD. anybody remember that WWJD? That sounds like that sounds like wrestling, doesn't it? <laughs> WWF. I don't know. Is that right? I get the, I don't know. My, when I was coming up, my grandmother loved wrestling. My grandmother loved wrestling. And you didn't mess with Jake the Snake because he put the DDT on you. I don't know what that meant, but that was momo, you know what I'm saying? That's the way I was raised. Now you starting to understand me, right? But anyways, as you know, I would say instead of asking what would Jesus do, what would Jesus do, what God would rather us do is that when we're responding to things, to ask this question, how would I respond to this if it was Jesus himself I was responding to? See what I'm talking about? That changes everything. Just say, what would Jesus do? Some of you say, well, I ain't Jesus, so I ain't got to worry about that. No, 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 no. What would Jesus do? That means this. I, if Jesus was on the other side of this conversation, how would it be? And if you can just manage your words by asking those questions, it will help shape your life, okay? And, man, I struggle with this. Yesterday, we, were our, we had about three or four of us running. We were you know, doing our long run on Saturday. And a, and a vehicle come by, and we were on the very, very edge of the road, okay? Very, very edge of the road, I mean, on the, on the grass. And this big truck comes by with the big mirrors and almost hits the person in front of me. I would love to tell you that I said, well, praise the Lord, they didn't hit them. No! Before I caught myself, I turned around and said, you idiots, you! Come back, I'll give you more of that. When you're little with a big mouth, you learn how to run fast. I don't know what the other people would have done, but I would have run in the woods or something. I don't know. But you know that, I mean, I struggle with that too. I just want to tell you that so you will know. If you know me, you know that. But anyways, so how do you love sincere? How, how, how to show sincere love? I want to tell you some, one of the ways that we found it here is what we call connect groups at our church. Connect groups are where about 10, uh, 10 to 12 people meet together weekly for about, you know, eight weeks and just discuss the Bible. It's not like they're lectured. They just discuss about Bible, have prayer together, and, and it's just where you build relationships. And the Bible says that's what we're to do. So what I want you to do is take your pen out. And we're going to go through this verse, this passage of Romans 12. It's a little lengthy. And when I tell you to, I just want you to write CG down because that means connect group. And this is what the Bible says that we're to do. Look what it says. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil and cling to what? It's good. That's right. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above who? Yourselves. Would you just write out beside that CG connect group? Because that's what connect groups do. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Serving the Lord. Go ahead and write CG there because that's what connect groups do. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, sharing with God's people who are in need, and practice what? Hospitality. Would you write CG there because that's what connect groups do? Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Would you just write CG right there? Because that's what connect groups do. When you're down, they're there for you. When you're up, they celebrate with you. Live in harmony with one another. Would you just write CG there? That means connect group. Do not be proud. Do not be willing to associate or do not be proud. Be willing to associate with people of low positions. And do not be what? Conceited. Don't be stuck up. Go to a connect group. (laughs) Write CG right there. (laughs) Oh boy, I could go off on that, but I'm not. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what's right in the eyes of everybody. Would you just write connect group there? Because people begin to know who you really are. CG. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Would you just write CG right there? Connect group. Today, I don't want you just to take my word for it, or the Bible's word for it. I want to give you a living example of this. So would you just watch this, this uh, story of this two, these two wonderful people in our church. Listen to this.
1: Hey, my name's Peter, and this is Courtney. Uh, we have two young boys and another one on the way. Uh, we've been coming here to SCC for almost three years and today we just want to talk to you a little bit about what SCC means to us as a family.
2: We started coming here almost three years ago because my youngest brother Austin is dating Aaron Walker and she invited him and he invited my parents and my parents invited us and I think the first service we came to was a Christmas Eve service and we loved it and we've been coming here ever since. When we first started coming to SCC um, we were kind of in a rough spot. We had made the decision to go to a one-income family. So Peter was working a lot. And I was a stay-at-home mom with a three-year-old and a newborn. And there was just a lot of stress in our lives. There was stress with bills. Um, there was stress within our relationship. and things just really weren't that great.
1: Yeah, it was uh, It was probably a, a low point in our marriage at that mm-hmm. point. Um, and so, starting here at SCC, it really um, helped start to change our life and point us in the right direction. Um, it, it helped put um, God first in our marriage, which really helped, um, and just being around other godly couples um, really was, I guess, like a learning lesson for us and really helped us grow our marriage and our family.
2: Once we started joining connect groups, we learned that we weren't the only ones who were messed up. We learned that other people had the same issues that we had and so we were able to find mentors who helped us to build our relationship back. and. Um, we were able to make friendships where we could turn to and ask for advice, and because of the Connect groups, our marriage and our family is just so much better now.
1: Definitely, and uh, you know the Connect groups have been a huge impact. It's um, you know almost like we've got a second family now coming into SEC, mm-hmm. um, just seeing all the familiar faces and everyone we know and people that have helped us along the way. Um, it's, it's really great.
2: And it's not only been amazing for Peter and I to help us to rebuild our relationship, but watching our boys grow with some of um, our friends that we've made with their children and just seeing our children get to make lifelong friendships like we're developing, it's really amazing.
1: Um, So through Connect Groups we've received a lot of help um, and so some ways we've um, decided to help give back, we um, volunteer at um, certain events and help throughout the church. Uh, I volunteer upstairs in Children's Church every Sunday um, and together we've served uh, at the Gas Buy Down, Um, that was a, a very fun event that we helped reach out in the community.
2: We do stick sign um, one Sunday a month where we try to help new people find their way around. and I'm a greeter. We've actually led a connect group um, and we very strongly believe in the I Will initiative. So we give to the I Will initiative so that this church will be a church for our boys to grow up in.
1: I uh, just want to encourage anyone who's still thinking about joining a connect group or who is maybe still trying to find their way in SEC to go ahead and take that leap of faith and join a connect group. Um, It'll help you grow spiritually um, and it'll help you grow as a person. Just uh, take that leap of faith and get out there and and try it. You have nothing to lose.
0: Notice what they said. We were a mess. You know what? I want to tell you something. All of us are a mess, aren't we? I mean, let's just be honest with that. Matter of fact, if you're perfect here, would you please leave because you're going to mess the rest of us up. I mean, we're just all jacked up people, right? And we admitted to SEC and we we need one another more than you can ever imagine we need that. And that's what made them better. And that's why I wanted to tell you today, you know, as you hold your piece of puzzle is that what I do for others affects what God does for me. Notice what they said when they made the connection with the group, that God began to make their, their, their marriage got better, their finances got better, their life got better. And that's what I... That's what I really want for you. That's what I want for you. I want you better. I just believe there's better. No matter where you are, I believe there's better, and I, I really... I want that for you. And so... I want to challenge you today to join a Connect Group. Inside of your program, there is a sheet of paper there with a list of names on it. Those are our leaders that we have. And what you do is you look over that list. And by the way, what we're, going to, we're going to be studying, we're going to be doing a series that we have called Get Dressed. Rhonda and I are doing a video, so you just plug in the video. And what's going to happen is you go to Connect Group. You're going to play about an 8 to 10 minute clip of Rhonda and I. Talking about the subject that you're going to be talking about, it's called "Get Dressed." It's on the armor of God, and uh, and then you're going to videos go off, and you're going to going to be there's about four questions that you're going to discuss, and that's it. So I mean, it's not like Kumaya, you know, it's not like "Mm, are any that junk, you know. If it is, tell us, and we're going to get rid of the people that's jacked up. All right, but but I'm just saying, you know, it's none of that. It's something you don't have to be afraid of. So just write it on your connection card here, so that we can sign you up for that group and then also get you in touch with a leader. All right. Okay, number three, write this down. So the question is, why is it so important to connect with God's family? Number three, I experienced God's presence. Would you write that down? I experienced God's presence. When you write that down, I got one more quote I want to give you today. And uh, are these quotes in your outline, by the way? Are they there? Okay, good. Because I wanted you to be able to take them home. So, what I'd like you to do is hold that piece of puzzle again. We're going to say this again like we've had five cups of coffee right now, all right? You ready? Here we go. Let's read this together. You ready? When I meet with other believers, God is. Do you believe that? When I meet with other believers, that's what this symbolizes. This piece of puzzle symbolizes is that notice that this piece of puzzle, has yours has more than one place. It has a place for connections, right? A connection. Be connected to another piece. Because listen, you don't know the whole picture yet. Your life's not been, the story's not over. Your picture's not been totally painted. God has more color to add to your life. Did you hear that? God has more to add to your life. I don't care how bland your life has been, how boring you think it is, or how devastating it's been, it's not over. God still God's still working on that canvas. It's not over. Some of you are acting like this is it, it's never gonna get better. It's gonna get better. It's not over, baby. I know you're in a rough, some of you are in a rough spot right now. You're in a season. You're in a a season. It's it's going to get better. Just hang on. The Bible says it's about God's presence. Jesus actually made this statement. He had it written down. Look what it says. Oh, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me give you my statement first before I give you Jesus' statement. Let's say it one more time because I said it to you already. Let's read it one more time. You ready? When I meet with other believers, God is present. Now, here's what Jesus said to back that up, because I actually got it from him. And Matthew, you know, Jesus and I had a good conversation this weekend. (laughs) Oh, boy, I don't know. Matthew 8 and 20, here it is. Jesus said, for where two or three are what? Gathered in my name. Would you read what's underlined with me? Come on, you ready? There am I with them. You are assured of God's presence. Why is that so important? Here's the deal. When you you get with other believers, two or three, and you gather together, God's presence is there. When you become aware of God's presence, what does happen? When you become aware of God's presence, then you become aware that God has power to meet your need. If you don't think God's around you, you won't think that your need can be met. You agree with that? But when you become aware that God is around you, that God is here, then you feel more confident in asking God to do something because you become aware of His power. Now watch this. Once you become aware of God's presence and you you begin to become aware of His power, guess what that does? That brings you peace. Why? Because all of a sudden what you walked in with today, you walked in with today, it's bigger than you, and you can't fix it or you'd already fix it. But all of a sudden, you're aware that God is present. And God has the power to do what you cannot do for yourself. Did you hear that? God has the power to do for you what you cannot do for yourself. And listen, because I'm aware of his presence, I realize that he has the power to do for me what I cannot do for myself. And I believe that he's going to do it. And when I believe He's going to do it, guess what? I, I don't have to worry about it as much anymore, and I can just live in peace to know that it it ain't over yet. I don't know what's coming my way. I don't know what God's going to do. I have no answers, but I know the one that created me. I know the one who stretched out His hand and created the earth and the stars and the moon. I know He's in my corner. See, ya. When I get around you, when I get around, when I get around you, other believers, it brings out the God in me. It makes me all of a sudden aware that God is God and that God can do anything. And because you remind me of that, I walk away from you knowing that I've got peace because God's got this. And God's got it for you too. And So today, that's why I tell you it's so important to be around other believers. You know what I, I, I love Children, I love your children. When I, when I, you know, sometimes I'm standing outside and, and some of you will c- come by, especially our third and fourth time guests come by and say, my kids love it here. And I thought, about why, why would they say that? Why would a child say that? And I, I think I figured it out. You know what? A child can come here and they can just get peace. Let me, let me explain that to you. You understand that there's pressure at school, no matter what grade they're in. There's pressure in sports or gymnastics or dance or whatever else extracurricular activity they're in. There's pressure at home because when mom and dad start fussing, everybody else, is, everybody else at their school, their parents have gotten divorced, so they're scared. When they come here, when you bring your kids here for 65 minutes, guess what? They're not thinking about anything else because they sense God's presence. And they, they believe, they've been taught that God is real. And you see, that's why the Bible says we have to have a childlike faith, right? They sense God's presence. And when they sense God's presence, they believe that God can change their situation. And guess what? They get peace. 65 minutes of peace is what they get on Sunday. 65 minutes. When you come in, see, that's why the devil will fight you tooth and nail to keep you away. Because he knows If he can just keep you away, then you're going to forget about God's presence. You're going to forget about God's power, and you're going to walk around without God's peace. But if, if you walk through these doors, and you begin to shake other people's hands, and you go to a connect group, and you're there with two or three others, all of a sudden, you're reminded of God's presence. And then that reminds you of God's power. And you can walk out. Of, for 65 minutes, you can live in peace. Amen? For 65 minutes, you can forget what's going on out there and everything else. You can just forget it. And for 65 minutes, your faith can be built up. And you can walk back out with a full tank to take on another week. Amen? 65 minutes. That's why I'm so passionate about it. That's why I'm saying Connect Group so important. That's why, by the way, let me just say this. That's why we're doing this I Will initiative. Do you know that? We're creating more space for more children to have 65 minutes. We're creating more space for more teenagers to have 65 minutes. We're creating more space for, for people like you to have 65 minutes of peace that they can, you can, people can, no matter what age they are, can come in and have, be aware of God's presence and, and believe, begin to become aware of God's power and then walk out in God's peace. And we think everybody in our community needs that opportunity. And so that's why we're doing the I Will Initiative, is that we're investing in that. Okay, i got to let you go, I know. You fix to get more than 65 minutes. you about to get 70. <laughs> and then I'm going to get chewed out. Would you hold your piece of puzzle again? Here it is. You see, you don't know what this picture this is going to make. You have no idea, do you, what this is going to be? You don't have a clue. But when it all comes together, see, when we all connect together, we make the body of Christ, and it's a big picture. And let me just show you what, you got, what this piece makes. Ready? Look at the picture on the screen. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, yes. That's all the good stuff, right? Oh, yeah, that's the good stuff. And I want to tell you, that's what you get when you, when you connect vertically and you connect horizontally. It, life has all this bad stuff bringing you away, but you get the good stuff out of life because of God and other believers. You even get the cherry on top. Amen. Rhonda and I, look at that. We call that Fat Friday Heaven. We eat sweets on Friday. Only Friday. We save it till Friday. But hallelujah, Dairy Queen is great on Friday. mm mm -mm. Would you stand with me now? i got to let you go. Man, I don't want to. I just want to come hug all your necks, but it take all day to do that. Today I'm going to pray a prayer. If you're not a Christ follower, it starts there. It starts there vertically and horizontal and so i'm going to ask you today to receive i'm going to ask you to receive christ in your life if you're not a christ follower and i'm going to ask you to check it on that card before you leave here today so that we can pray for you let me pray for you father right now in the name of your son jesus i pray right now as i'm praying there's people in this congregation that god that right now lord there's they're saying in their heart, God, I need that peace. I need it. These people walked in with a heavy burden here today, God, and they've become aware of your presence, God, and they're, they're aware of your power, God, of what you can do, and they're going to walk out of here today, God, with peace. And for those that don't know you today, they're crossing the line. They're saying, dear Jesus, come to my life and save me. Jesus, save me. Change me. Help me to do your will. In Jesus' name. Father, for the rest of us here today, as we close this service, God, I pray that you would let our hearts be lifted, our hands be lifted to you in worship. It's just to acknowledge your presence here today, to acknowledge your power, that we may leave with your peace. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's worship the Lord together as we sing. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message.